Partway through the Gospel reading that Abdul has just shared with us, we read that two of the disciples of John the Baptist followed Jesus, and turning around, Jesus saw them and said to them, what do you want? What do you want is a fairly common question. I expect you get asked it fairly often. During the autumn time, when it's not too far away from my birthday, usually one of my children says to me, Dad, what do you want for your birthday? And uh, despite the fact that I spend most of the year wanting this, that and the other, at that particular point of time, my mind goes blank. And I reply rather feebly, well, I can't think of anything. It's the same question, of course, that gets asked by the mother who is checking her shopping list at the checkout in the supermarket, trolley full of goods, making sure she's got everything. The mobile phone rings, she wonders whether she should answer that, and at the same time, her three-year-old is badgering her, mummy, 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 and she turns around and says, what do you want? Or maybe, what do you want now? It's the question asked by the cheerleader on the picket line. What do we want? And answered by the strikers with a very crisp and precise answer. A wage rise. When do we want it? Now. There are different levels, aren't there, in all these sort of wantings. I may not know what birthday present I want from my children, but it is very nice to know that the old man's birthday is still on their radar screen. The three-year-old in the supermarket may not be too bothered about the sweets, but even more important than that is the fact that he has or she has got her mother's attention. And she or he is really rather more important than the shopping. And the striking workers may want money, but underlying their want for money is that sense of being valued and appreciated for what they do. Our Gospel reading this morning introduces us to two of the disciples of John the Baptist. We know that John won a great response from the crowds when he was preaching and preparing for the coming of the Messiah. Many people uh, changed their lives as a result of his preaching. They were baptized as a sign of their repentance. And a small group of followers gathered around John the Baptist to share in the work that he was doing. And one of those disciples was Andrew. The other one is unnamed. And they're with John the Baptist when Jesus comes along and they hear um, John say, Look, there is the Lamb of God. And in response, they follow Jesus along the road. Jesus sees them following him, turns to them and says, what do you want? And they answer him with what seems a rather superficial answer. Where do you live? Or where you're staying? Of course, Jesus could have given a superficial answer to that apparently superficial question. He could, should have, he could have said, where do I live? I live in Carpenter's Cottage, Tiberius Lane, Nazareth, GA1, 3JC. But Jesus didn't make a superficial response. He recognized that there was a deeper wanting behind their questions, something that represented a deeper longing and a searching in their lives since they'd become disciples of John the Baptist. This wanting to know where Jesus lived, expressed by Andrew and his unnamed friend, indicated his desire to understand who Jesus was and how he was going about his business, if he was the Messiah that John had been talking about. And Jesus was uh, wise enough to understand and see the depth of their question. 
And so he invites them to come and stay with me. See what I am about. And the gospel writers tell us that they, they spent the rest of the day with Jesus. If you stop to reflect, you'll realise that lots of stories in the Bible are about people's longings and wantings. Stories like Hannah and Elkanah, the parents of Samuel, the prophet, who had desperately wanted a child for so long, and Hannah praying with great longing. David and other unnamed writers of the Psalms, who longed deeply for many things. Sometimes it was a prayer for healing in times of sickness or a rescue from almost certain death or peace uh, in a time of conflict. All the background to the Old Testament reading that Kate read for us this morning from Isaiah. Uh, a people, the Jewish people, carried off to exile in Babylon and longing, wanting to be back in the place where they called home not just because they were homesick, but because that was the place where they knew God was and hadn't quite got round their minds around the fact that God was everywhere. They felt cut off from God in a strange country and they were desperate. Now those sort of wants are far from being superficial wants. And running through all those stories and songs, the prayers and the poems of longing and wanting in the Bible, is that very strong conviction time and time again that God is able and wanting to meet our longings and our desirings. Jesus said to Andrew and his friend, what do you want? There are at least two other places in the Gospels where Jesus asked that same question, what do you want? There are two stories that come quite close together. Matthew uses them, Mark uses them, although each of the gospel writers tells the stories slightly differently. Matthew uh, tells, um, uh, in the first story, uh, it is a story about either James and John or James and John's mother coming to Jesus and asking for a favour. The second story is either about two blind men or one blind man, Bartimaeus, coming to Jesus. But in both those two gospels, the stories are put next together. They both come up with this question because Jesus responds to the requests that are made. What do you want? The question is the same, but the answer is different. What James and John wanted, or their mother wanted for them, was a very selfish and a, a quite unacceptable request. Places of honour on the right and the left hand of Jesus. And that request shows how limited in understanding James and John their mother are about what Jesus is trying to do on the other hand the answer to the request by the blind men that they might receive their sight is very understandable and Jesus is able to help and those two incidents remind us that not everything we want is worthy of asking God for and not everything we want is in line with what God wants for us. Well, I wonder what you were wanting for when you woke up this morning. Maybe you were just wanting to find that the central heating was working. Maybe when you came out, you were wanting to find that the trains were on time. Or if you used the southern region, that the trains were running at all. 
Maybe you were wanting the rest of the family to wake up and be in a reasonably good frame of mind so that it didn't cause you any hassle. Maybe if you were driving, you wanted to find a parking space near to the church. Maybe as you came into church, you were wanting the sermon to be interesting enough and short enough so that you didn't fall back to sleep. But maybe you were wanting something deeper, or you are wanting something deeper. Maybe you want some problems sorted out about your finances. Maybe you're wanting and desperately wanting to find a deep and satisfying friendship with somebody. Maybe you're wanting this week to be the week when finally you find some opportunity for work that you've been looking for. As we travel through life, we experience a whole range of wantings and longings. And as Christians, it's very important that we examine and analyse those wantings and longings. Are they the wants and desires that we can really tell God about and bring to him? And so I want to invite you for a few minutes to think about your wants and your longings, and do it for myself as well. Uh, put them on a long line. And start over here. Start over at one end of the line where we place the desires and the wantings that we have that we know are simply wrong. Maybe the greed that wants more and more but never finds satisfaction. It may be the longing to have control over other people, whether in the family or in the place where we work. It may be the lust for sexual gratification that can only be gained by damaging somebody else's emotions. These sort of wants and desires are deeply embedded in human life. And in one of his hymns, Fred Pratt Green uh, makes this very interesting observation. How strong, O Lord, are our desires. How weak our knowledge of ourselves. Some of these wants and desires that we may have that we put at this far extreme end of the line are not the wants and the desires that we can ask God to bless. We need to be able to understand those desires and those wants and what drives them and jettison, jettison them if God does not approve. But moving along the line of what we want and what we desire uh, are things that are personal, uh, not necessarily selfish, but personal. We may want freedom from pain, these things may be to do with our health. We may want freedom from pain. We may want the successful outcome of an operation. We may, may want good results from uh, treatment. And these are personal wants, but they're not selfish ones. The gospel records uh, tell us about many people who came to Jesus asking for help with their health of one sort or another, mind, body, and spirit. <clears throat> Jesus didn't turn them away. He didn't tell them that their requests were unworthy and go away and worry about something more important. He dealt with them and he blessed them. And if something is a blight on our life, whether it's a physical ailment or a mental illness or an emotional uh, trouble uh, or an unhealthy addiction, it's perfectly natural that we should want to be healed and set free. It's perfectly acceptable that we should come to God and express our wanting and our desire and ask God to bless us in those situations and bringing those kind of wants to God are the sort of things that we so often focus on when we have our healing services 
To move a bit further along the line, we may find that our wants and our desires uh, are to do with something beyond ourselves. We may have developed a very real concern about the state of the world. At the beginning of the 1980s, um, aware that there was a fresh decade ahead, I thought I would do an interesting exercise amongst the three churches that I was looking after at the time. Uh, I compiled a very short sort of survey about what people might be looking for and hoping for in the years ahead. And I circulated this amongst the three congregations, amongst um, <clears throat> the various groups within the church and across the age groups. And it was very interesting that as we came to the final question in the survey, what do you hope for most during the 1980s? 95% of the people who answered the, that question, whatever age they were, uh, came up with the word phrase world peace. Their sights were set on something beyond themselves. That was their heartfelt want and desire for the decade ahead. A world that could be more peaceful, more free of, from conflict, more like the world that God wants it to be. And I suppose that's not surprising coming from a group of people who week by week pray together the words of the Lord's Prayer, thy will be done, thy kingdom come. It's in line with what God requires of us to do justly and to love mercy. Moving still further along this line of the things that we want and desire, it may be that you have been searching for meaning and purpose in life and that you wanted a relationship with God, but that you've never really got going with that relationship. If that is the case, I want to say that God is here and now with us. And the question that Jesus asked Andrew and his unnamed friend, what do you want, uh, that began a new journey in life for them, is the question that God can be asking of you this morning. They went with Jesus, they spent time with him, they got to know him, and at least Andrew, we know, became one of the disciples of Jesus, and his life was transformed beyond his expectations. And if you make that decision to follow Jesus today, you can begin on an entirely new journey for the rest of your life. And moving right to the far end of this line of our wants and our desires from where we started, it may well be that if we're on that journey uh, of life with Jesus Christ already, ready, we want God in an even deeper way. We want our lives to be more and more in tune with what God wants. Because this is a lifetime's journey. And the hymn that we sung just before I started preaching as the deer pants for the water reminds us of the picture that's drawn for us in one of the Psalms um, where uh, the psalmist's wanting for God is being likened to a wanting for water in a dry and a parched land. It's a picture that we can all visualize in our minds isn't it the picture of a traveler in the desert absolutely parched uh, desperate for drink watching the water bottle almost getting down to nothing and longing and hoping that the oasis is not many miles further along the road there's a depth to that kind of wanting desiring to be in God's presence that goes far beyond our selfish whims and deeper than all the superficial things that we may want in life. And there's almost a sense of desperation to find something that will really satisfy. And I'm reminded of the words of 
the great saint, Saint Augustine, who said, you've made us for yourself and their hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. This kind of wanting and desiring is about being with God, enjoying being in his presence and enjoying him being with us. Those two disciples of John the Baptist, Andrew and the unnamed disciple, were not disappointed in their search. And when they were honest about their wanting and made it quite clear that it wasn't just some superficial piece of information they wanted about where Jesus lived, uh, but wanted a deeper understanding about who Jesus was and what he was going to be doing and what he could do for them, they found their lives turned upside down. They discovered their lives were lifted into a different dimension. And Jesus met what they wanted far more than they could ever possibly have imagined. Or to put it in the words of the Apostle Paul, he was able to do for them immeasurably more than they could ask or imagine. And so if, as we are here this morning, we hear Jesus saying to us, what do you want? What is our response? What of all those wants and desires that we have stretched out along that long line that I suggested a few minutes ago? Which of those do we want to tell him about? Maybe we have got wants and desires that we need to get rid of altogether. Maybe we have got perfectly legitimate personal desires that we want to bring to him ask him to bless hopefully we have got a passion for God's world to be ordered in the way that he wants it to be ordered and maybe we want to bring that need and desire to him maybe we have this desire to start on a journey with Christ as his disciple and maybe we want just to be more and more in tune with God and to live in his presence every day. We shall not be dis disappointed as we bring those desires and those wants to him. So let's just be quiet for a minute and reflect in God's presence those things that at this point in our life we are wanting, longing for and deeply desiring. Lord, show us we pray those things that are amongst our wants and our desires that we should be rid of. Help us to lift up to you those wants and desires that are worthy for ourselves and our own personal lives. Help us to have a deepening desire that your world might be ordered as you want it to be, 
and to know how we can be part of that. And help us, we pray, to be on a journey with you, a journey that never ends, a journey that can be full of deepening joy and peace as we are caught up in what you are doing around us and with us. We ask our prayers in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.